Good morning, loved ones. RVAA, thank you for that beautiful music this morning. When I was younger, I'll never forget my first experience camping without an adult. I'll always remember that because it was simultaneously exhilarating and terrifying. My brother, my best friend, myself, we went into the deep, far reaches of the backyard. Underneath the biggest security light you can ever imagine a backyard ever having, it was like we were camping in broad daylight, even at night. The light was so bright, um, it killed every moth in five square miles, I think. It was a spring night, so it really wasn't cold. It was cool. Something happened, however, that caused me to become frozen with fear. Something hit the outside wall of the tent. Now, has this ever happened to you when you've been camping? Something brushes the tent, hits the tent, and suddenly you're wondering what's going on? We weren't really underneath any tree, so I quickly discounted the possibility of something falling from above. It was quiet outside. It was nighttime, so my mind told me that it probably wasn't a bird taking a night flight. Suffice it to say in that moment that my senses were on extremely high alert. Every sense. And as my senses reached their zenith, something hit the wall of the tent yet again. Now, I'm in panic mode. I realized at that point that there is no natural phenomenon that can be credited for this. I realized this has to be a deliberate attack, right? By either man or animal, something is coming after us. That's why I shouted out loud spontaneously on behalf of me and my not-so-merry crew at the moment, my small army of three, that we were ready to go on the offensive, go to war against whatever was out there, whatever was making us so scared. And as brave as I tried to sound, I knew that my rusty and not-so-trusty Swiss Army knife really was no match for any true, formidable foe. Total relief, thankfully, came just after this bold announcement I made as I heard laughing in the distance. My guard immediately dropped. I unzipped the tent and was able to put my head out at that point and see my uncle standing underneath the big security light out there, just laughing away, apologizing, telling me that he didn't mean to get us all riled up. And I quickly became embarrassed at my actions as I began thinking about how foolish I had been to allow myself to become imprisoned with fear inside that tent. I allowed myself to believe that I was stuck and I became too scared 
to believe I could escape impending doom when the reality was quite different, wasn't it? The reality was I had someone outside of the tent who loved me and would never hurt me. And when I heard his voice, all of the potential danger out there faded away. I imagine that Mary and the other women who came to the tomb experienced something like this, this same fearful thoughts as they approached the tomb that famous Sunday morning. I mean, they must have felt a sense of doom because Jesus, their beloved master, leader, their teacher had died, and they must have felt so frustratingly stuck at that moment on that journey to the tomb, especially after they lived for a few years in the presence of this life giver, the one who had provided them with everything they needed and so much hope. Mark chapter 16, 1 to 7, let's read it again. We're going to stay in this passage if you want to keep your finger there in your Bible. Mark 16, 1 to 7, again says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. And very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone was very, that was very large had been rolled away. And they entered the tomb and they saw a young man dressed in white and a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell the disciples and Peter He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Well, today is our culmination of our sermon series we've been traveling through over the past number of weeks. That sermon series entitled The Story of the Cross. Last week, Pastor Brian did a, a wonderful sermon on the fact that Jesus is always in control. Even in the utter chaos and confusion that was happening at the cross, Jesus cried out, it is finished, and in doing so, signified that he was ready to lay his own life down at that moment, the exact moment of the Passover, so that all could be fulfilled that was symbolized through that. Jesus' blood was shed for our complete forgiveness of sin to anyone and everyone that is willing to receive it. The disciples and Mary, however, that Sunday morning had yet to really embrace that truth at this point in their lives. And their lives were in limbo as a result. Let me ask you this morning, is your life in limbo what I mean is, is it feeling kind of stuck and like you're not sure exactly where it's going, maybe feels like it's going nowhere? Maybe you have a pulse, but you still feel like you're a little lifeless. 
Mary and Martha and Salome's love for Jesus drew them to the tomb that day, but they must have battled the same feeling of being surrounded by danger and despair, kind of like I did in that tent that night as a child. But Jesus was about to change their whole paradigm of thinking and open up a whole brand new reality, a new world. Mary and the women approached the tomb with the question, who will roll away the stone? But that stone had already been rolled away. Could this be a profound lesson for everyone today that we should have faith in the Son of God? What do you think? There are stone barriers in life everywhere, all the time, around every corner. But when Jesus is involved, can we realize that he has already taken care of it? I believe this is a profound lesson in faith to believe that because of Jesus, we can look past every blockade that we face constantly in life, even the blockade of death itself. I believe we can do this because Jesus is already looking ahead. But too often, we stay comfortable for far too long being stuck, feeling stuck, feeling trapped in fear, not really going anywhere. Now, I've told you the story of Vino Kilpinen so many times that I hate to bore you. Do you remember that story of Vino Kilpinen, that Finland guy that was, lived in the barn for 37 years? I've told that a number of times throughout my ministry, so I, I don't want to tell it again. But I found a new story that I want to tell you. It's almost identical, so, but I, I just wanted to change it up a little bit so you wouldn't get bored. I want to tell you the story of Louis Delcourt. Delcourt. Louis Delcourt was a young French soldier. Well, I didn't have that on there. Okay, Louis Delcourt was a young French soldier during the First World War who overstayed his leave of absence from the military and fearing disgrace, he decided to desert. He didn't go back, which, is, of course, is a punishable offense and not very highly looked upon by any military. So he persuaded his mother to hide him in the attic of their home. Guess how long he hid in the attic of their home? Not quite as bad as Vino Kilpinen's 37 years, but 21 years he lived in the attic of his mother's home and she fed him there every day she would bring the food to him in the attic well in 1937 his beloved mother who was so faithful to him died and that meant no one was there to feed him anymore and so with no chance of remaining incognito and staying in hiding he came out pale Haggard, as you can imagine, 21 years in an attic. He staggered along to the nearest police officer and turned himself in. The police officer looked at him in utter amazement and disbelief and said to him, Where have you been? Where have you been that you have not heard? He said, Not heard what? that a law of amnesty for all deserters was passed years ago. 
You see, Louis de Court had freedom. He had that freedom for years, but he couldn't enjoy it because he didn't know that he had it. The women came to the tomb that day looking for a dead body, looking woefully at what they thought would be a very sad situation, looking at what really was a dead end in their eyes. But because of Jesus, they found a stone that was already rolled away, an empty tomb, an angelic being of light and power telling them that he had already gone ahead of them into Galilee, and the angel reminds him, oh yeah, and he already has told you that this would happen. Brothers and sisters of the Christian church today, do you believe in a risen Savior today? Jesus Christ has conquered every obstacle in this life that could possibly keep us down and ever crush our hope. He has proven over and over again that he can do the impossible and that there is no stopping him, that he has already gone ahead of us, and now he is just asking us to keep up, to follow after him, to come on down the path, to let everyone know this glorious truth and reality. Do you, however, feel alone often? Possibly feeling like God isn't there to help you currently with whatever problem or trouble or situation you're facing. Have you ever considered that maybe Jesus is already ahead of you? He's already making the way straight before you. Because again, again, I tell you today, we serve a risen Savior. And He's in the world today, and He is always a step ahead. And that's a good thing. That means that nothing catches Him off guard. He's always prepared. He always knows the way. Did you hear that? He always knows the way. Did you know that was the first name of the Christian church? The first followers of Jesus were known. Acts chapter 9 says that the followers of Jesus were called the followers of the way. This name refers to that powerful truth that Jesus Christ makes a real and vital difference in anyone's life, of any person who comes to him in faith. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But how often do we relegate him to being a potential way? A partial truth, some kind of a life. But folks, on this glorious resurrection weekend, let's remember the truth about Jesus Christ. He's not a way. He is the way. And he's blazing a trail way ahead of you and me. And he's beckoning us now to come on, to keep up. It's not time to lose heart right now and lose sight and let our fear imprison us anymore. The prophet Isaiah foretold what Jesus would do in Isaiah 42, 16. It says this. He says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known along unfamiliar ways, um, um, 
unfamiliar paths, I will guide them and I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. Yes, the paths that God will lead you on might be a little unfamiliar, maybe pretty uncomfortable at times, but he promises that he will be your God and he says that he will do it. It's a promise. He's a step ahead and he's plotting out your course even now. It's a good course, one that you can trust and will only help you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you and to give you a hope and a future. That's the plans that he makes for you. They're good plans. And by the way, if God is making plans for you, that must mean that he's thinking ahead, isn't he? And he's doing it for each of us personally. Listen to King David in that famous psalm. Talk about how personal God is in leading you on the path. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths for his namesake, the right paths. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Folks, this isn't just a good psalm to read people who are about to die. This is a terrific psalm to live by every single day because Jesus Christ is the way. He's asking us to look ahead because he's already there providing a way. He's ahead leading us to greener pastures and preparing a table before us, even in the presence of our enemies. He's ahead preparing that table there already because he is a God who prepares for each of us personally. Do you believe that? Back to the story in Mark chapter 16. The angel that day in the tomb had to shake his head a little bit as these people were looking for Jesus, not because he was ashamed of them, the angel, but because he had to smile and laugh a little bit internally as he is seeing people about to discover how wonderful and awesome Jesus truly is and how God can change anyone's pain into utter joy. Wouldn't that have to feel good as an angel to see that? Have you ever tried to tell somebody how fantastic something is, but you knew there was no way to get them to really understand it? You knew you were underselling it, and there was no way that they could understand it unless they saw it themselves? We had youth group. We have youth group every week, but a few weeks back, I had a youth group member who told me about a new engine he'd put in his truck. 
And he said, oh, Pastor Michael, this thing sounds mean. I mean, it's loud. And I was like, yeah, cool, man, that's great. You know, and he could see it on my face. I didn't understand. He's like, Pastor Michael, you want to come outside? I was like, yeah. He's like, let me show it to you outside. I said, okay, that sounds good. We walked outside, went up next to, he got in the truck, I was standing next to it, and let me tell you what, when that joker cranked that engine, (laughs) I kid you not, I jumped out of my skin. Honestly, my body instantly reacted, and I must have jumped back at least three feet. He started laughing when I heard the roar of that engine. It sounded kind of like this, or maybe a little bit like this. I mean, it was loud. I was not prepared for how awesome it was, and I had totally underestimated it. But the angel in that tomb that day had to be excited for the disciples to experience just how well put together Jesus really is, how well planned out Jesus really is, how powerful Jesus really is, how amazing he is, how loving he is, how awesome he is, how undisappointing he really is. I'm not even sure if undisappointing is really a word, but it doesn't matter, does it? Because Jesus is everything. We never understood that he has always been and more. He is a step ahead of us and ready to lead you and me today and every day. But are are we willing to let him lead? Are we willing to truly follow? S.I. McMillan in a book called None of These Diseases tells a story about a young woman who wanted to go to college. We have some seniors here who are thinking about such things as they enter the fourth quarter of their senior year of school. She wanted to go to college, but she was writing out her application and her heart sank because she got to the point of the application where it asked, are you a leader? Well, she wanted to be honest and conscientious, so she wrote no. And she returned the application expecting the worst. But to her surprise, she received this letter from the college back. Dear applicant, a study of the application forms reveals that this year our college will have 1,452 new leaders. We are accepting you because we feel it is imperative that they have at least one follower. Good things happen when we allow, especially Jesus, to be the leader. You know, I want to follow Jesus, but I have to admit that I am slower than I would have liked in my life to put my full weight of my trust really in him. And I don't know why I've done this, because he has done nothing but prove over and over again in my life that his ways are so much better than my ways. And when I study his principles and I ask for his strength to implement them into my life, the rough places in my life always get smoother in amazing ways. But here's the problem, folks. I, myself, we, any of us, can call ourselves Christians all day long and still be completely neglecting Jesus' leadership, completely ignoring his teachings on what it means to truly follow him. And if you feel like this may be 
describing where you are or have been. Know that Jesus loves you and forgives you, and he's still calling you every day by name. How do I know that? Well, multiple scriptures, but let's go back to that angel who said to the women in Mark chapter 16 to go and tell the disciples that Jesus has gone ahead, and then he said, and tell Peter by name. The angel mentions by name the one disciple who, of course, was the oldest, the one that should be looked up to, but who had completely and utterly disgraced himself by denying Jesus three times. It's this disciple that the angel makes sure that the women will go specifically to tell by name that Jesus has gone ahead and he's looking for him. I don't care if you've been the worst follower of Jesus on the planet to this point. Know that he is calling you today to catch up today with him because does he ever have a path for you to follow in this life? It took the disciples, by the way, a while to understand all this. They left the tomb that day and trembled, it says, because they were afraid. But they were excited, and their heart was opening to believe And as time went on, they were able to begin living their lives without fear. And praise God, the same thing can happen for you and for me. In closing, I want to tell you the story about the citizens of Feldkirch, Austria. I'm probably totally slaughtering that name, but Feldkirch, Austria. I want to tell you about these citizens because they didn't know what to do. You see, Napoleon and had a massive army that was surrounding the town and ready to attack. And soldiers had been spotted on the heights above the little town, which was situated on the Austrian border, and a council of citizens was hastily summoned, as you can imagine being in the middle of a great war like that. They were summoned to decide whether or not they should try to defend themselves or maybe just raise the white flag and utter surrender. It happened to be Easter weekend and the people had gathered in the local church. The pastor rose and he said, friends, we have been counting on our strength and apparently that has failed. As this is the weekend of our Lord's resurrection, let us rise and ring the bells, have our service as usual and leave the matter in God's hands. We know only our weakness and not the power of God to defend us. Isn't that a powerful statement? He says we know only our weakness and not the power of God to defend us. The council accepted his plan and the church bells rang. The enemy, hearing the sudden peal of noise from the church bells that morning, concluded that the Austrian army had arrived during the night to defend the town. And before the service had ended at the church, the enemy broke camp and left. Medford Church family and friends, let the church bells ring right now because Satan is ready to mount a massive attack. And I believe that it's going to be disastrous and difficult for many. But it's time that we look to God's strength and trust in Him alone to guide our path today. 
because we are not trapped and helpless in a world of fear. He's up front. He's already leading. And great things happen when we trust in Jesus and we look ahead and see what he wants to do for us in all of his strength. And so today, brothers and sisters, I say look ahead and see our leader, Jesus. Look ahead and know that his great plans are clear. Look ahead because with him, better days are coming. Look ahead and see that eternity is near. Jesus is alive and he has gone ahead of us just as he has told us he would. Oh, beloved, because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because we know who holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Happy Easter, everyone. We love you. Please stand with us. Let's have a final prayer. Father in heaven, we are humbled, so grateful that you poured out such love for us in the life, in the death, and the resurrection of our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we see you now ahead of us with your hands stretched out saying, Come, I'm already blazing the trail. I've already planned your life, your trail, and it's safe with me. Lord, we take you by the hand again this morning, maybe some of us even for the first time, and say, Lord, lead us. We believe that you have eternity ahead for all of us because of your wonderful and awesome love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.